Today's episode is not hard to swallow, and we really prescribe you to listen till the end. Have you ever had a thought that follows you the whole week, and you are like, where does this come from? Why does that happen? And you can only research about it to satisfy that obsession. Welcome to Bubblegum Trail, the show where we talk about everyday conundrums that stuck in your head. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Bubblegum Trail. As usual, I'm here with Mr. Caramello. Hello. And I am Madame Chapeau. How are you today, Mr. Caramello? Well, for all of the audience that listened to the last episode, the joystick episode, joy is booming. Joy is booming. Yeah, our business is nice. Joy, bringing joy to all of our audience, and the business is booming. Woo! Yeah, do you mean our, the numbers of our followers and listeners? Exactly, especially our two followers from Cambodia. <laughs> What? He's lying. They don't exist. Oh, well, there's some bots over there then <laughs> to make some clicks. Really? Did you see them? No, no, no. no I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm, I'm like, I'm seeing different stats than you are. All right. Today we won't talk about statistics or math for that matter, but about a topic I brought with myself today. And I have a little clue for you. Okay. You're excited, I can tell. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I mean, dear audience, it's always very exciting. You know, our episode, each week, one of us brings a topic. So it's very exciting for me today that I didn't bring the topic and I'm just here to be enjoyed, to be enjoyed, to, to be enjoyed. To be enjoyed, <laughs> right. Nicer perception. <laughs> to be entertained and enjoy just like you. Cool. Well, um, you can enjoy the clue because I brought it today in the form of some poetic text that I didn't write. Uh, neither did ChatGPT this time, um, but I took it from somewhere else. And you probably know it, but let's see. The clue is, I could run just as fast as I can to the middle of nowhere to the middle of my frustrated fears and I swear you are just like a dot 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 it sounds like the lyrics of a song hmm I hope not because copyright infringement <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> season desist <laughs> no we will cite uh, them it, it, it's actually the case yeah um, it's song lyrics I'm pretty sure I, I heard that song. I, I know the audience is right now shouting it at me, but I don't know the clue. Do you want me to say it again? Do you want me to sing it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that will ring a bell. Is, 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 is it something that has to do with uh, the wind? No. Okay, then uh, <laughs> I'm lost. And I could run just as fast as I can to the, the middle of nowhere. Oh, I don't know. Is it, is it Alanis Morissette to start oh, to begin with? Oh, I'll, I'll better resolve. <laughs> Before I start. <laughs> It's pink. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. To the middle of my frustrated fears and I swear you're just like a... Pill. Yes. Pill. Oh my God. <laughs> 
Instead of making me better, you keep making me ill. That's it. So not what a pill is supposed to do. Right, today we're going to talk about pills and tablets. So small medicinal treatments in the form of compounds, compounds. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And the reason we're talking about that is um, I was listening to a podcast episode last week of a German comic who was talking about his childhood and how he was raised in a rather uh, spiritual family. Um, his mother was rather spiritual, so he learned that all Western medicine was to be avoided. And up until his adult life, he never ever took any kind of pills. Until one day, when he was already married and in his home, and he told his mom, Oh, mom, I have such a headache. And she goes, So why don't you just take an aspirin? Mm. And he goes, My mom takes aspirin these days? What happened? <laughs> so she changed her mind. But uh, in all of these years, uh, those years follow, um, before, he never thought about changing his mind. He never reflected on what he had been taught. Okay. And it made me think today... We take these kind of pills like aspirin so carelessly and so nonchalantly that I was interested in why. Yeah. So Where do they come from? Very good question. I mean, I'm a very big fan of aspirin. You are? Even for, for traveling, like before a train or a plane, really change your mood. Mm. So yeah, this topic is getting to me. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> do you, do you um, not that to get too personal, but do you take any other regular pills like supplements or <laughs> sneaky smile over there? <laughs> uh, Legal supplements. Um, okay, vitamins. Yeah, like yeah. capsules. Yeah, yeah, I, I take a lot actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Don't we do? <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't we do it all? Don't we all? That's a very fair question. Uh, yeah. We don't. I don't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. I do. I, I. I do a lot, but also because I most of the time I I eat vegan. Yeah. So I take supplements. Do you take the omega three supplements, for example? Because I feel sometimes like I'm missing that. Yeah. I, I mean, I take two or three different complements. Uh, supplements, I'm sorry. Uh, I also compliment some <laughs> dear audience. Yeah, throw them this way. But no, uh, supplements, I one they're made of uh, sea, what is it called? Seaweed. I, I, seaweed, yeah. Mm -hmm. Most of them are, which are I assume are the ones with heavy omega-3. Mm -hmm. And the other is a mixture between magnesium and other minerals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't read what's in those. <laughs> if they, if, but if, somehow you started taking them, right? So no, my nutritionist uh, recommended today. Oh, you're your nutritionist. I didn't know. Well, I went once with a nutritionist, never went uh, again. I was going to ask, are they, they in contact with your stylist as well? <laughs> Do they form a whole crew? <laughs> they form a whole crew. <laughs> Do they go for brunch? <laughs> I, I hope so. Okay. Well, I never did that kind of kind of thing, but um, certainly, I I've been taking a fair share of painkillers and, of course, aspirin, and um, I've had phases where I've been taking supplements, but not right now. I keep stopping. I never get into a routine for some reason. Yeah, sometimes uh, I think well, one of the things that uh, that I was told is that 
um, it's good to take supplements, but also your body mod- modulates them. Like if you're taking too many, it you just don't absorb them. Oh, it's a waste of money, but, okay. but yeah. you know, you don't absorb. Just go through your body, basically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. Um, so we now know what you and I have as habits with these kind of um, medicinal compounds. What do you think... <clears throat> sorry. Um, what do you think is a regular intake for an a regular adult person per per day how many in, in average on average yeah um of, of, of any type of supplements and pills i don't know with three three a day pretty good pretty good yes. yeah every fourth adult person in germany take three or more different medications on a regular basis so this was from a um, questionnaire from the Federal Union of German Associations of Pharmacists in 2015. And they asked all age groups, and of course there's differences because at a higher age you also take in more medications. We have more problems with higher age, we all know that. Um, and how how much of that do you think is our prescriptive drugs and how man, how many are over the counter oh i would assume um maybe 20 percent prescription and the other off the counter it's pretty much the other way around oh really yeah okay <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty fascinating and it's even more um in in other countries for example um in 2019 there's some statistics from a book that i found called 10 Drugs, How Plants, Powders and Pills Have Shaped the History of Medicine. And there it says that around 15,000 doses of prescription drugs are taken in um, on average uh, for a Brit within a lifetime. 15,000. Wow. So in this case, 14, British people consume more than in Germany, if I understood correctly. Well, um, I don't know how much a lifespan ah, okay. what the mm-hmm. reference was but it's it's still a big number mm-hmm. not as big as for americans of course there it's 40,000 uh, so more than twice as many and i think the trend must be pretty big there in comparison to other countries as well because i remember from having spent there a couple of weeks on tv medicine is also heavily promoted much more than here in europe was my feeling Yeah, it's true. And also there are some, even the, the, the dosage, because when you buy aspirin here in Europe, it, I don't know the exact milligram, but it has less milligrams per pill than in the American continent. Oh, really? So not only the amount of pills, but also the volume. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, we also, um, I think the caffeine is higher in our cafes in Europe. Ah, that definitely. Yeah, could be, yeah. And caffeine and aspirin have a similar effect, at least on the blood, because they're Mm. blood thinning, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm I'm not a doctor or anything of that kind. I haven't studied medicine, but that's what I know know, or remember from being taught, I think. From school, so 
not probably <laughs> some uh, intelligent person told me once but yeah i mean we we are looking at a long evolution of how drugs have been formed right um uh, all kinds of people have used herbal essences plants uh, in tinctures or uh, teas to try and cure diseases or to make people feel better and out of that different kind of drugs developed mm -hmm. when i say drug of course i mean legal drugs in this case yep. legal pharmaceuticals yes okay <clears throat> thanks where do you think the word drug comes from oh that's an amazing question which i have no clue so <laughs> tell me so uh, there's two references i found one is um It's definitely Middle English and either stemming from the French word drogue, which is something like originally uh, a couple of hundred years ago, dry herb, or the Dutch word, the Dutch word drogue, which um, also means dry. <clears throat> oh, so it could be like dry leaves or dry herbs. Do you think it has a... Has a, has a relationship with with this yes because the original pharmaceuticals that were used all stem from plants right and herbs so mm -hmm. these had to be dried to then be further used in either teas or tinctures or creams so they had to be dried somehow mm, okay yeah and um so the biggest revolution was in the 1800s with uh, all kinds of pharmaceutical drugs And, of course, the biggest one was how it's compressed um, from a powder from these dry herbs into a small kind of thing where it's very, very dense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This compressed, this compounds. Actually, it's kind of very playful, a pill. And I don't know why I'm going to throw this uh, in the room. I think uh, it has it's very. it has to do with creating or pressing buttons i don't know why i i mm -hmm. I, I, okay. i i imagine that the industrial process that makes like the small buttons is the same principle mm. used for pills i don't know <laughs> well um funny enough it was in invented and patented from a british man uh in 1843 who put powder in a tube and then compressed it to solidity with a mallet um and back then it was sodium carbonate and potassium carbonate together in one pill mm -hmm. so nothing too fancy but he patented it and um mass production then later went on in 1884 by the company burrows welcome and co in london and now it gets interesting because you know what the first kind of compressed pills were called back then peps mm, peps yeah what makes you say pep i don't know <laughs> <laughs> a movie reference from uh requiem for a dream have you seen that movie no i haven't yeah but i think they just call it pep for pep might be a, a different word for pill okay i did not know that We'll have to research on that. Um, but no, in the Burroughs Welcome and Co. in London, marketed it as tabloid. 
tabloid. Yeah, and I'll I'll get back to tabloid, but um, the origins of tabloid relate to the Latin word uh, word tabuleta, meaning small brick or small board. Mm -hmm. So it described simply the thing. It was compressed powder under immense pressure into a small dosage. And even in words like Spanish, we still hear the compressed because it's a comprimido. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Comprimido. And, uh, but now I, I'm, this word um, tabloid, if I'm not mistaken, it's also sometimes used in newspapers. Exactly. Okay. And I thought it was exclusively uh, used for newspapers, but it's the other way around. It was used for tablets, for pills. Mm-hmm starting in the late 19, um, 19th century. And later, after these pills were marketed as tabloid, um, in journalism, one paper argumented and advertised their news as condensed stories into a simplified, easily absorbed format. Wow. So they called their news tabloid. Wow. People uh, associate a tabloid with a very compressed medicine, and then it's like, we're giving you the news in a compressed doses. So it's a tabloid. Nice. And there's already an analogy of how we use the word for pill or tablet today, because it infiltrates your body without you realizing it and mm -hmm. it's seemingly small the dosage but mm -hmm. have you, i don't know when you last read a tabloid magazine but it does something with you for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right you're, you're right but actually the tabloid is usually also the front cover like something mm -hmm. very impactful on the biggest yeah. news of the day you're right you're right and yet when you read the headlines It's not that spect spectacular what's behind it, but um, it creates the image. Yeah. It is. Similar to what today a thumbnail or a clickbait would do. Mm -hmm. huh? mm -hmm. It compresses the information to give it to you in a very small dose dosage, but with great impact. Huh? Like yeah. an idea. Such as our podcast. So please follow us and uh, click the little bell symbol. <laughs> <laughs> the follow We upload a podcast every week. <laughs> yeah, but um, of course, so this all happened during the Industrial Revolution, which meant now it's easy to mass produce these things, mm -hmm. transport them, um, and have a big effect. Like something small doesn't cost much to transport it. It doesn't take away a lot of space, but you can um, sell it then in masses. And I'm also maybe here over-assuming, but because it's compressed, it doesn't have much oxygen inside, so it might last longer, right, also? It, it depends. So uh, there are actually some coated variations where uh, the substance is inside, depending on what they're supposed to do and what their chemistry is. They are sensitive to oxygen or humidity or mm -hmm. um, or something else. So they have an extra coating that protects them from that. Mm, okay. Yeah. So um, 
so it all sounded very easy until now. You just dry some herbs and then you get a powder and then you compress it. <laughs> but of course, the process behind it was rather complicated or probably still is. Because some substances can be pressed directly, others need some aid material to make them bond with with one another, the molecules, mm -hmm. such as lactose or cellulose. And they don't have any effect on the body. They can just be digested, but they are the, so to say, glue mm, of okay. the effective um, substances inside. Yeah. Very, very interesting. I also assume that some of this coating, once it goes through the stom stomach, because the stomach's very acid, then the coat is dissolved and or, I don't know, or wh where is the pill absorbed? Yeah, right, in the intestinal there, tract. <laughs> you, you will laugh, but there are even some um, resistant pills that have a coating that resists the stomach acids. So it actually gets absorbed even later than that. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah fascinating huh? it, it depends yeah what the area of the body is that it's supposed to affect where mm -hmm. it needs to be absorbed in the bloodstream or um, close to which organ this re reminds me uh, um, of, of some that sometimes the I, w I would be told as a kid to swallow directly the pill and not taste it because if not I just you know it has mm. a very acid taste so you just have to swallow it as fast as you can And that's funny because uh, back uh, a couple of hundred years ago, the Greeks are said to have had medicines that were in small bowls that tasted bitter. And those were their kind of medicines. Even earlier, 1500 before Christ, there are um, indications that in Egypt, medicinal substances were put into dough and then eaten. So... It's always the oral intake mm -hmm. because then it can enter your body and there are many different um, signs in history where people have used it. But this compoundness in small little pills is relatively new. Very, very new way of taking it. Nice. Yeah. What, what kind of shapes and forms do you know of pills? Well, the round ones. And the ones that are a little bit like oval mm -hmm. with the line in the middle so you can break them or you know, um, cut them in half. Well, I don't know if in Europe you had these, but uh, as a kid there were some vitamins in forms of cartoon characters. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They were like, um, well, no copyright infringement, but this cartoon called The Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> and they used to have shapes and they were like vitamin c or something like that so i know at least that you can have funny shapes with it and that's interesting because then you have the marketing in there right to make it attractive to kids to swallow something yeah exactly and i remember there were vitamins so probably it was just like vitamin yeah. c because it's not dangerous there's different forms like you said there's this round shape which is also called biconvex because it's on both sides it's it's round And you have the oblong form, which is this kind of oval shape. So you have two long sides, two short sides. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you can have the engravings where you can cut it in half or even different kind of um, parts. Um, sc score lines, I think they're called, where you can break them. But most of them are um, two to three millimeters 
maximum two two maybe two and a half centimeters. I mean, I've seen some pretty big pills and tablets in my in my life from friends and family who've been taking them, and I've always struggled to swallow them. I remember even as a young adult, the normal sized aspirin, which is maybe the size of uh, a small your tiny finger on the hand, um, the fingertip, but I couldn't swallow it. I, it was so hard for me. It's funny that you mentioned that because um, I do take I do take a lot of aspirin or very often, but I don't like to swallow it. What I do is I buy those aspirins. There's I think it's also a tabloid, but you throw it into water and it dissolves. Ah, oh, okay, okay, yeah. So they're like you like, drink it. Yeah, they're like the size of a of a coin, mm -hmm. uh, like a European two euro coin, or for our American audience, as big as a nickel, and then you dissolve it into water. So those are the ones I take mm. for the same reason. <laughs> I like swallowing them. It's a little bit uncomfortable. I just remember th these are the kind of um, things I take for magnesium, for example, after a big training or something. I dissolve like a magnesium tablet in a mm -hmm, glass of mm -hmm. water. It just doesn't feel like taking a pill. To me, it, it's like drinking something. Yeah, true. That's why I use it. <laughs> <laughs> They're also very nice to travel because if you're on a train or on a plane, you just mm -hmm. dissolve it in the little cup of water that they give you. Yeah. And you sip on it. Yeah. And it's funny because there's people who can just have a handful of pills and put them in their mouth and swallow it without even a, a single gulp of water. True that. I always found those people very... Weird. Exactly, very weird. <laughs> like, we, we need to ask our audience if they <laughs> if they can do that, if they need water or not to swallow a pill, because I've always been surprised. There's some people that just put it in their mouth and go, bloop. Yeah. That's it. How does the throat not stop it? To me, it goes itchy right away. It's like, mm, what is this? It's not supposed to be here. Yeah, definitely. I'm exactly the same way. Well, thankfully we have water for the times we need to swallow pills. But yeah, this brings us also to the symbolism of pills again. Because we have sayings like, this is a very hard pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. And we mean it's a difficult truth. Yeah, a difficult truth, difficult Comment or realization mm -hmm. that we don't want to do, yeah. And and, and also, sometimes um, when you say it's a hard pill to swallow, there are other analogies like um, taking the blue or the red pill. You know, mm -hmm. like From the stuff. matrix, exactly. exactly. Because a pill can alter your way of perception. I, there's also this meme where I don't know if you know what is a meme, and sometimes it says hard pills to swallow, and then, <laughs> yeah. and then it says something ridiculous, or some <laughs> ridiculous truth. Yeah, you know, like hard pill to swallow, Cardi B is better than Nicki Minaj. <laughs> oh, not this again! Cut, cut. We need to discuss this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's interesting how. 
such a simple symbol also relates to everybody because you either take the one or the other and your realities can be completely different it's like a placebo or uh, something with an actual effect yeah yeah and now that you mentioned placebos i'm pretty sure that as a kid you take a lot of pills for kids that might be just placebo like mm. sugar uh, like, like sugar flintstone thing. tablets exactly <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe i mean it changes certainly as an adult because the threshold of somebody suggesting the pill as a as a remedy is very low is in my experience both from doctors also from friends and family like this uh, first phrase that i mentioned that the comic said in in the interview his mom just said why don't you take an aspirin you have a headache there's a problem there's a simple solution it's a small little tablet yeah and it's it's, it's i don't know if you ever had this uh situation when you're taking medicine or aspirin that you have a pain then you take the pill and then you even forget that you had mm -hmm, taken the pill mm -hmm. and the first reaction is like oh i didn't even need the pill it's like now i'm feeling great but it's it's um to a certain, certain point very uh i don't want to say magical but very interesting how the body can be modified by this very small compound thing mm -hmm. exactly in, in 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 a matter of seconds like huge effect that's when i always realize when uh, in this sentence you are what you eat It applies mm -hmm. in several levels because... You are what you swallow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, those are hard to swallow pills, but it's the truth. Yeah. And I mean, as a woman, I'm sure some listeners from the audience know this too. When you have period pains, usually what gynecologists tell you is... Eh, It happens, cannot do anything, take some painkillers. Really? Do doctors say that? Yeah. And they still charge money? <laughs> yeah, you go, much. You go there and you say, I'm a pain. Like, oh yeah, bad news, it's going to continue. Yeah. <laughs> it's 200 euros. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Pretty much. Pretty much. So I've had some um, times in my life where without painkillers, I wouldn't have been able to work. Like, literally, I would have been moaning at my desk out of pain. But and this is interesting. So what you're telling me is that the doctor tells you, yeah, there's nothing we can do about mm -hmm. it. So then you, out of your own initiative, would go and buy the painkillers. Yes. Okay. Why doesn't the doctor just say, yeah, take painkillers? Well, they do. They Suggest. do that. I mean, okay. uh, they don't tell you which one, but, oh, okay. you know, because I think they, they're not supposed to. Um, oh, of course. Do, they, do, they don't prescribe Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's over-the-counter painkillers in this mm -hmm. uh, case, right? Unless it's it's really really bad, like the big ones with that need diclofenac, which is very very strong. Okay, but I think now I understand a little bit the doctor's perspective in the sense that if it if it's painful and it's annoying, but if it's manageable, I guess they try to avoid also you know pumping pills to the patient all the time. I guess the question is what's manageable. <clears throat> and what's um, um, also maybe kind of a lacking empathy for, for the pain, because l literally, if I 
hadn't taken anything during those times where I had these pains, I wouldn't have been able to do anything. Oh, okay, okay. I don't, yeah. you know, so um, I think a lot of uh, women f feel this kind of pain, also the psychological pain of, well, we can't do anything. It's just like it is. And I know there's other periods, um, like literal periods of longer months where I don't have these pains. Mm -hmm. So it's not inherently natural to have them. It's not inherently natural to not have them. Something must be the cause and there's not enough research on why and where. Yeah, d disclaimer, I, I didn't want to sound like a lack of empathy. I meant manageable in the sense that uh, doctors would take it as not as a threat to the life. Uh, but yeah. you, you, you just gave on the key. There's not even research enough mm. to see, to measure what kind of pain or the nature of this pain really is. Mm -hmm. it, it, just, it just blew my mind that you mentioned this because we see this everywhere i recently was reading an article about sport shoes uh, and for female soccer players they're redesigning shoes because there had no been no research on women's foot and yeah. hip to to withstand all those all that running so it's it's very surprising now i understand all of the uh, feminist critiques mm -hmm. yeah it's impossible like a hundred years of, of research but yeah only done on, in, men. on white men <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so, i mean there's a big gap i think there's books on this right yeah um, just like you say where women were left out of the trials um all kinds of medical treatments were not thought out to be for them and all kind of people of color were left out of the trials because the treatments were thought for white men so uh yeah there's definitely Still room to grow the market, pharmaceutical, big pharma calling out to you. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't know which would be the difference between other types of bodies and, 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 and genders. But then we see certain lack of even interest because mm -hmm. period to a certain extent is really um, a, um, a, situ a situation that humans with uterus have, right? Mm -hmm. So very specific yeah and it was very barely studied <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's still to a certain extent uh, a mystery uh, to what degree and this but but that is the theoretical part now going back to reality this affects a lot of people and you are also the case of being affected of this lack of knowledge yeah i remember a couple of weeks ago there was this um outcry because the news were that in spain they had now period sick days i think it was badly reported it wasn't an actual day off just because you had your period but it was somehow came out of the news that way and a lot of people were like mm, yeah. everybody's gonna abuse that and i see where the thought for that can be appealing to many women though because it really uh, wait a second, appealing to use that or appealing to finally have a day where they can take off? Appealing to have it recognized that it actually makes you sick having your period one or two days, maybe a month or even for some even more in, in the way that you are not able to work if yeah. you don't take any remedies. Yeah, but it's also very unfair to say like, yeah, you can take a pill and then go back to work. Yeah, it's like if you, it's just like if I report myself sick and they said, yeah, yeah, just drink a tea, 
and bring a blanket and come to work. <laughs> and there's even some limitations. I was visiting my friend in Vienna the other day and um, another friend joined us who works for the local um, public transport there. Mm -hmm. And she said the conductors of the trains there are mainly male because they hardly can accept any females because they have a policy where you're not allowed to take any kind of painkillers when coming to work. And most women, at least at that point, say, I won't be able to. Really? Yeah. Wow. I guess painkillers in the sense that it could make the, the driver droopy or a little mm -hmm. bit sleepy, right? Mm -hmm. well, so you have these legal issues coming into that as well. Yeah, because if happened to have an accident or whatever or a malfunction, the insurance would might not want to pay because this person took a painkiller. So. Exactly, and that's that's understandable. Yet it is to be argued how much it actually affects you, and uh, in terms of clearly being able to think. Because if that was the case, then you could still take the painkiller and not go to work because your thinking is impaired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So your critical judgment is impaired. Why would you still go to work? You're clearly sick whenever you take a painkiller. And that's not the kind of social agreement we have. And uh, going a little bit back to your uh, that news in, in Spain. So uh, to your knowledge, was then accepted? Like, are women able to take a free day? Or is like every new law in discussion and it's going to be in discussion for nine years before something happens? I have to admit, this just came to me now. I haven't researched it and I don't want to say anything that's wrong. Okay. So I think it is an extra uh, day you can take off, um, like a reasoning, mm -hmm. but um, it's not an extra holiday or anything. I I don't remember the exact... But what is very valuable is already have taken into account uh, the situation that humans with uterus are going to are, are are prone to experience this type of of pain on a regular basis and there's something that has to be done to ensure that it's a correct work-life balance hmm. because it is very detrimental to one person's health to not take into account any needs that could come up you know yeah okay But even, I mean, this this is a totally different subject um, going away from the pills and tablets now, but I even think for mental health, days you get off when somebody close in your family dies are so few. You get like two, I think, when the mother dies or the partner dies, in Germany at least, and one for grandparents. Um, I think that's legal obligation and then your company can give more for other relatives but i mean as if that were the case right somebody very close to you dies and if you had a good relationship you have this amount of time to grieve and then you're good to go again no definitely i mean in that sense that's pretty advanced because i don't think a lot of countries um have regulated this type of laws oh really yeah we would have to See, look out know. in another episode but um Anyways, yeah, I agree with you. It's a yeah. difficult... I, I think that's one of the problems that a lot of things that are not had not been in the status quo for many years, they were not acknowledged. Hmm. And now they're coming up, like topics like mental health or PMS or any other things that were 
under the radar, so to mm-hmm. say, are now becoming more relevant because more people are, you know, either speaking um, for it or spreading more information or creating awareness. So, yeah, it's also very important to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, relaxation periods uh, between work are very important in any case. And I know in the Americas, uh, it's not as generous as it is in, in Europe. So I'm very grateful to have many holidays. And many grateful for the variety of pills. Well, that also. Um, that also. And of course, there's regulators that control what goes into the pills and that control that there's trials before they make it into the market. So um, that that's already good. But looking at the numbers, so I wasn't expecting the numbers to be so high that so many people take pills and tablets on a, a regular basis. And it made me think of something I heard the other day um, of a psychologist talking about addiction. And she said, moderation never works for an addict. And that, that kind of stuck with me. So once you become addicted and you can be, as we know, a Get, you can be addicted to pills and to painkillers uh, at a certain mm-hmm. degree. Um, it doesn't work to say, oh, I'm just going to take less in, in the future. And then the addiction stops because it'll always come back. You either have to leave it out completely and become a sober addict. Okay, well, that's sad. But yeah, you get like cold turkey yeah. and then you're still an addict in mm-hmm. your system. But you're not feeding that need. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, we talk about it, like I said in the beginning, very nonchalantly, but there's certainly some traps also for side effects and people die of uh, taking all kinds of different medications. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you researched it on, on uh, if you if it's part of your research, probably not. But I remember reading somewhere that even some of the of the pills that or some of the pharmaceuticals that nowadays are considered illegal mm-hmm. for 50 or 60 years you could buy them in a pharmacy exactly. you know like certain yeah. types of amphetamines or if you watched the wolf of wall street i think quilloids i don't remember the name of the, the but uh diazepam clodiazepam several mm-hmm. different types mm-hmm. of pills that were to reduce nervous attacks or anxiety yeah which are very aggressive drugs <laughs> but they were they, they they were sold like uh, over the counter exactly and i mean nowadays i think we have much better ways of measuring the effects on the body that any drug can have so we are a little bit better off with the trials but what we'll always have are the long term effects which you can never be sure of once you start spreading a drug yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So we we never know. At least, um, for example, in Germany, around 300,000 cases um, per year, people have uh, very, very serious side effects from taking in pills. And that leads to 16,000 to 25,000 people dying each year. That's a lot of people. A lot in Germany. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, um, not to scare <laughs> anyone, no. but I I just find it fascinating how something so small that you cannot 
perceive the effect of with the normal senses like smell, vision, uh, and even taste once you, you swallow it can have such a big impact on your body and we just do it on a daily basis without thinking about it consciously. Yeah, you're right, without reflecting on, on, on it. And uh, also because it's very convenient, right? Yeah. Like the supplements are so convenient. I, I take a, a milkshake in the morning and then just take the compliments, uh, the supplements, I'm sorry. And in this sense, I am assuming, okay, I'm now nutritionally fit or whatever. Yeah. It's so easy. Or, or going a little bit back to the um, aspirin example, it's like even before I'm traveling in the plane, I take it because I know I eventually get a headache or the mm, pressure is going before, to yeah yeah you know so yeah it's the, this convenient convenience and also routine like you said you're taking it even before you have any any symptoms because you're used to doing it that yeah, way now true mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or, or it happens sometimes you're coming back from work and you feel like you might get a cold. Mm-hmm. And so you already take it and go to bed or, or take take a, a, a painkiller. You know, sometimes it happens that you think, okay, I'm preventing <laughs> the I, sickness. I've been trying to avoid that more and more. And I think it's due to somebody I met last year. Her name's Rita. Rita, if you're listening, shout out to you. Uh, she's a very smart woman. And... I met her while she wasn't taking any painkillers, but was in a lot of pain. And she's like, I just want to let my body go through through whatever it needs to go through. And I think sometimes that might be the better choice to just feel it also and be comfortable in the discomfort because it's part of life. Yeah, well, that's a very good analogy. Sometimes trying it. Yeah, I'll give it a try. <laughs> well, you don't have to. I mean, it's it's a personal choice, really. I just find the... Um, and it, it does solve a lot of problems. Like, I can still go to work while having my period. That is very convenient for everybody. Um, but uh, thinking of what is behind it sometimes is necessary, maybe. No, I, I know I'm not obliged, but I might give it a try because it reminds me of... For example, I have a, um, a very delicate skin, so mm. sometimes I used mo- moisturizer. And I remember in, there was a time period where I used uh, hand cream almost every day. Mm. So it was great because then it felt great. But Soft you become hands. so dependent yeah. that the day I forgot to put moisturizer, then my skin looked like a desert. <laughs> so then I decided, okay, I'm going to stop. And yes, it looked very dry for two or three weeks, but then eventually my body started adjusting to the environment. Yeah. Because, yeah, the substance helps you, like cream or pills, but then you also have a dependency. You might be weaker by taking them, maybe stop them and embrace the pain. (laughs) (laughs) Embrace the pain. I have this funny image of your hands being a desert now and the tumbleweed (laughs) going over there, over the fingers, and somebody going... (laughs) <laughs> that's a great commercial i love it uh, yeah great commercial for hand cream yeah it would be cowboy hand cream what a banger <laughs> contact us now for contracts <laughs> we can be bought exactly your brand name here 
bubblegum hand cream. Ugh. <laughs> that would be a good failed product. Yeah. <laughs> but it would be pink for sure. I don't know why I thought about the same thing. Uh, that it would be right, pink. The, the classic bubblegum color is this pink and you see this bubblegum bubble right in front of you that some is coming out of somebody's mouth. Yeah, like pink or purple. Really fun colors. Good thing our logo is pastel green. <laughs> hey, but that is another topic. Um, which color are the pills? Most of them are white, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason for this? Did mm. you find anything about it? I haven't researched it, why it's white. But yeah, most of them are white, I guess. I would guess to symbolize a cleanness and like most sterile things in a hospital are oh, white okay. because it's to be pure yeah. or clean or okay still some are then colored right um in red or pink or something but those are usually not because of the substance uh that's inside but because of some coloring effect yeah or, or also to distinguish i remember my grandma that it helped for her to be like okay the Blue and yellow are Tuesdays and Wednesdays and stuff mm, like that. So mm-hmm. I, I assume, I assume there's sometimes color coding. Yeah, probably, probably. Sounds smart. So anyway, yeah, let's try and go cold turkey for a while and see where it leaves us. Next time you hear Mr. Caramel, oh, I have a headache. I'll just come very aggressive, like welcome to our podcast. <laughs> I'm one week sober. <laughs> This is the story. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much for bringing this great topic. Uh, I, I was surprised, but you're right. It is also a design thing, and, and it's an everyday object, and it is so imperceptible, as you mentioned, that I totally forgot about it. Mm. Even though I take three of them every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're in good company. Most of the people do. Yeah, average Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, yeah, audience, let us know. How many pills do you take? Um, How did you like this episode? Leave us some messages. And see you on the next week with another topic. Take care. Bye.